12-sided guys. Twelve sided guys. All right. Welcome back. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Joff. That's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as the guy who paid way too much for our new theme song. We're glad you're sticking around for the hijinks and adventure. For those of you wondering, I paid nothing for that theme song. I literally wrote down do 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 and uh, then muted myself for a second to practice. All right. Did you study beatboxing? Beatbox. All right. So if you're new to our podcast, then stop right now. No, uh, not right now, but after I finish this sentence. No, not that one. This next one right after this. Okay, if you're new to this podcast, then stop this episode after I finish the sentence and go all the way back to episode one, or else you're not going to have any clue about what's going on. Okay, they're gone. <laughs> Joke's on them. I run this game, and I still don't have any clue about what's going on. <laughs> anyway, if you want to help out, buy us some snacks and whatnot, you can do that by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash 12sidedguys. Also, rate us on your podcasting app so that others can find us easier. And... If you remember getting three wishes and using them for things like invisibility, flying, or infinite Hammer Brothers Mario, thanks to a little device from Galoob, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 31. Any clue about what I'm talking about? You're talking about the Game Genie. I am talking about the yeah. Game Genie. <laughs> yes. Infinite Hammer Brothers Mario, I always assumed it would be cooler than it was. Um, let's see. Uh, Infinite Frog Mario, I did that one time, and you cannot beat the game because it's a part where you have to duck down, and you cannot duck down on the conveyor belt as a frog. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. All right. It's the 30th of Ormanbar the day before the festivities of Gadiver's March. Yesterday, you guys spent a lot of time preparing, buying costumes, trying to figure out a way to get into Eberly Manor for the party, all in an attempt to get at Aaliyah Brava. You managed to go to the baths, talk with a guy named Pender the Poet again. This time, he had a little thing for Joff. Um, you read some books. You got some maps of the Undercity by going back to the library and, and researching that way. And I think the night ended with some more research in some books. I think we learned a little bit more about um, Joff's dad, Simon, and maybe a little bit more about his mom, Bree. Um, we also learned um, more about the cult of inevitability and how it's or what it's doing nowadays. And Abby learned a couple things about or from the Crystal Codex, including the fact that Neum apparently had wings and could fly. Um, and um, there was something else that you learned. What else did you learn? Do you remember real quick? Well, one of the things that stood out to me was that he called me son. But I don't know if that's anything or if that's just me being weird. Yeah, that's right. He did. He called somebody son. He did. He, he, he was talking to somebody and he said, rest now, my son. So. Neum has some sort of family or he just calls people son. Like, mm -hmm. you know, what's up, son? Yeah, <laughs> he might just be that. But I think probably the more relevant thing is that there's reference to some sort of a an ability to kind of replicate sources of power or duplicate sources of power. And that it's a way to try to stimmy a bleeding world or to kind of put a bandage on a bleeding world. And he thanked Lord Moshe for that discovery. All right. Awesome. Well, as the night comes to a close, it is the morning of the 30th of Ormanbar. Everyone wakes up at the Cross Candles Inn, let's say around dawn, uh, 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning. What do you guys want to do today? We need to try to reconnect with Sir Bortimus. Yes, I'd like to see if we can find some contacts in the city to, to help us with our escape. We also need to get an invitation to this party. And we also need to, to um, scope out Eberly Manor. Yes, I think we should be able to scope out the manor and perhaps get an invitation at the same time. How do you, how do you propose we do that? Well, I'm just going to walk up and say that I'm a wealthy man from Barrister. I'm perhaps interested in, in investing some of my money here in Arklevy and heard about the party and want to come. 
Hmm. Might work. If it works for you, maybe I could claim to be a wealthy, noble person from Colonium. Yeah. I'm not very good at lying, though. It's more like on a scale of one to twenty. I'm mean, like a plus three. <laughs> <laughs> and on a similar scale, I'm I'm probably only a six. Well, that would mean that I'm at a negative one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh gosh! As you guys are kind of talking about uh, what to do today, um, you see that uh, Sir Bordemus actually does come in to the to the tavern to the inn uh, uh, right around breakfast time. Um, as you guys are enjoying your breakfast, he is not dressed in his armor like he had been the last time you guys were together. He's dressed in very plain clothing. He's got a, a cloak on and a hood. And as he comes in, you see he pulls the hood up over his, uh, off of his head. You can see that the cloak is wet, so it appears to be raining outside today. I mean, he comes in, he, he sees you guys at the table, and he uh, he kind of waves over, and he, and he comes and joins you at the table. And he says, good morning, my friends. Did you have any luck in your search? Oh, I, I I was able to find the people that we were looking for, and it was at the at the first place I looked. So that's good news. Hmm. Any uh, progress on the plan? We've made some. We're not all the way there yet. I have maps of the um, catacombs underneath the area. They're a bit old and maybe haunted, but uh, not the catacombs. <laughs> the maps themselves. <laughs> The oh. maps themselves may be haunted? Well, it was. I was reading. Uh, and you're not from the area, so this probably won't mean anything to you. It's not like some old legend or anything. But I was, they were, the maps, they were created by a rat catcher. And uh, just looking through them, there were six, six maps or so that were useful. But right in the middle of them, just a complete non sequitur. It said there's no way to find the children. And I got chills and had to go take a break for 15 minutes before I came yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it says something about you can't rescue the children. Something something to that effect. Know what I said? Uh, you said you can't find the children. This said oh, you can't rescue. Can't the children. rescue the children. Yes. So that is disconcerting. Okay. Um, well, Nilla wants to know um, if there's any way that we can help. What do you need from us? Is there is there a way Nilla could possibly use her connections to get us an entrance into this party? That is. That's a possibility. She actually has been already uh, looking into that. Um, and I talked to Thilo about some of the skills that he has. And he says, if he can get close enough to the manor, he can get one other person inside with him. But that's it. So I don't know if that's maybe a, a last resort. Because if he does that, it's, it's a technique that drains him. And, uh, and he can only do it one time. So what you're saying is if he would be useful on the inside... If he gets in there, he has to come out like the rest of us chumps. Exactly. Or if mm. he can get in like us chumps, then he can get out in his own way. Yeah, right. Well, let's see if if our mutual friend can find us an invitation in. We'll also try our best to get an invitation through our own means. We also are interested in getting together a group of fellow loyalists who could help with our expedient escape from the party, whether that be through the catacombs or on foot or in carriage. Yeah, well, I guess if we can find access into Eberly Manor through the catacombs, then somebody can be waiting there. But um, it sounds like you're going to need a few different groups ready to go, depending on how you get out. Is that what I'm gathering? I mean, that would be best. If we can find the people. Uh, I was hoping that uh, maybe you guys had ha would have more connections to people who are willing to um, help serve the greater good. Um, we'll just say, as you say that, um, Nari, uh, Pine and Ebby, you guys remember a certain um, chamber pot salesman who might be of service <laughs> to you. Ooh, Double deuce. Double deuce. I would say I forgot about him, <gasps> but I haven't. I think about him all the time. <laughs> okay. So, Bordemus, are you in the market for a new chamber pot? Um, always? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, okay, so that's a possibility. He said, I, there is, a, again, the tailor, um, uh, not in the catacombs. I, I, they would not go down there, but 
Um, if you need somebody to maybe drive a carriage, I, I think that that might be a, a job we can recruit them for. Um, they're at the, the cut above tailors um, mm. here, uh, relatively close by. Even if they just had the, the carriage there, I, I'm not, not to toot my own horn, but toot, 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 I'm very good at driving land vehicles, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so arranging a carriage should be no problem. We can have a carriage ready to go. Um, we would just need to know where to, I guess, stash it. Maybe a block or two away from the house. Yeah, we were, we were planning to go surveil the manor, to, and we have a better idea of where to put the carriage after that. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. And, you know, I am as a, as a knight of the red blossom, I would be more than, more than honored to, to wait for you in the catacombs. If, if that is the route that you need to take, but I, I don't know of any other warriors who would be able to be down there with me. Well, I think you and I have clearly got this, Sir Bordemus. <laughs> he, he looks at you and he kind of, and he bows his head. He's like, of, of course, my lady. Joff is going to glance at the maps that Mr. Pine has. I imagine you guys were um, were looking at the um, at the maps a bit last night as well, and you managed to find what you assume is a way into Eberly Manor. There is a um, a spot um, in these tunnels that it looks like there is um, a large crypt area with um, rows of sarcophagi, um, like sixteen. Um, sarcophagi and there's a note um, at the bottom like at the bottom where there's some stairs in that area that has all these sarcophagi and there's a note that with stairs going up that says don't bother going up these stairs um, they won't let you in or something to that effect and uh, based on the maps that you have and tracing back from Everly Park you assume that if you can get up into Everly Manor this would be the place Joff is uh, also looking for a way to get into um, Mason's Keep. Okay. Mason's Keep will say you didn't get maps that go that far over to the west. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were looking for that as well. I would have, I would have copied more. Oh, um, no, it's, I read something last night in my studies that leads me to believe I need something from underneath the keep. Ooh, what kind of thing? Well, I think I've got more pieces of the puzzle and perhaps some evidence that I'm the heir, and it might be under the keep. Interesting. Well, we're going to have to return some books to the library soon, so we'll get the maps then. Yes, let's, uh, let's do some investigation. We can, we can... Look into that further after we've settled things with Halia Brava. We're we're on a time frame with this one. All right. Anything else you need from uh, Sir Bordemus before he takes off? I just said that in front of Bordemus on accident. <laughs> well, that's that's a very good point. He is um he's taking it all in. He he's just kind of nodding. It, it means less to him being not from here. In fact, not even being from the Almerian Empire. Like he kind of is nodding, um, like, okay, so there's more to you than meets the eye, but he doesn't pry. Okay. So Bordemus, uh, are, are you willing to meet us here maybe tonight and we can kind of discuss plans after we've had an opportunity to scout, scout out the manor and such? Of course. Yes. I, I can be here. Um, let's say just after dinner. Perfect. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all again for all your help. And then he gets up and he does the same bow to you that he did yesterday, um, which I believe was like an arm across his waist. Then he bows over his arm and then he takes his leave. Question for you, Paul. Yes. With how much Pine has trained to fight the undead for some reason, um, would he have any idea if, if we were to go clear the path today, would it stay clear tomorrow? Or would a lot of these spirits come back? It's, I mean, it's hard to tell. You, gosh, I, you have experience fighting undead, so um, it would more than likely help. Um, yeah, uh, but again, who knows when spirits become restless or not. Um, Especially on that unholy night. Exactly. It is Gadiver's March tomorrow, which means that, uh, you know, you guys were 
knocking on sarcophagi and throwing lids off of sarcophagi, trying to get him to wake up a couple of days ago with no luck. Now, tomorrow night, who's to say? Oh, yeah. And didn't didn't uh, didn't we dabble in some light grave robbing? Yes. Uh, yes a certain did. someone did. Yes. Yes. I think Abby tried to, too. I tried real hard, but I was too weak. <laughs> so as, as I recall, um, Joff stole some golden buttons and also a sword um, that was very finely made. Mm-hmm. And I think Joff and I have just or Scott and I have discussed that um, off um, podcast a little bit. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to make that public to everybody? I, did we? How much did I get for that sword? Uh, you got double the purchase price of a regular long sword. It's just a very nice sword with jewels and things in, in, in laid in the handle. So um, if a long sword costs whatever it costs, yeah, um, that's buy, you got double that um, for selling it. That'll basically cover the uh, poison cost from the other day. Okay, so yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, so Joff no longer has that jewel encrusted long sword that he stole from a from a grave. Actually, all right. So what's on the docket for today? Surveillance. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to scout that out. Did we did we finally come to a conclusion on how we were going to get an invite? We're going to try today, and then also we're going to work with um, Nilla, might be able to get us in. And then if not, we have a couple of last resorts. Yes, the, the, the poet, his band was missing a member. There may be an extra ticket there if we can find him again and see if we can't get that invitation. And Thilo can always sneak someone in if if absolutely necessary. He could bamf somebody in B-A-M-F, which apparently <laughs> is the sound in the comic books that Nightcrawler makes when he bamfs around the place, too, with his teleporting. There's a fun book called Off to be the Wizard, and he teleports around and he yells out bamf every time he teleports. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If we can get Thilo into the manor, I don't think anybody was able to see him. Um, any of the, the mercenaries were able to really see him uh, when they attacked the, the hideout. So he may be also somebody that we could sneak in a, a typical way, as a servant maybe. I think that could work. I mean, that would be ideal, especially since he could, like, uh, bamf someone out. Exactly. Like Aaliyah Brava. Ooh, do we get him a ticket and leave it all in his hands to go up to Aaliyah Brava and say, well, hello, Aaliyah Brava, bamf, and he bamps right out to us, and we're like, stab, stab, stab. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of ten, best plan. If you wants to make an insight check about just with your, your little bit of interactions you've had with Thilo, you can do that. A 14. Joff got a 24. <laughs> <laughs> I already rolled a 22. That's really good. You guys are rolling real good insight. Yeah, you get the impression that um, Philo is a good supporting character. Um, it doesn't seem like he has the um, the stomach to step out and like take the lead. Does that make sense? He's an NPC. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, not that. I mean, but like, like Bordemus. Bordemus has the charisma and the guts to go out and do something. Philo is the kind of guy who will step back and just kind of do as he's told. Does that make sense? He's not the face. He's not the face. Even him not being the face, if we get into a position where we've subdued her, an easy way to get her out is with his ability. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying to send him in on his own. Oh, yeah. That no, would no, be, no. That'd be, I think that'd be kind of boring for people listening to the podcast, too. <laughs> <laughs> to the point of how we subdue her, I had some thoughts about this a little bit. Um I had been trying to see if there was any kind of magical concoctions that might increase the potency of this spell, but I might be able to kind of turn the tables on Aaliyah and charm her. And once she's charmed, there's a ritual that I can do, which would incapacitate her for a period of time. And then we could move her as needed during that. That's a good idea. That might be preferable to drawing blood and trying to knock her unconscious. The only challenge is... If there are others present, if she still has some of her retinue with her, then my ability to charm her and then perform this ritual to get her to be completely incapacitated is going to be challenged. Now, hear me out. What if we pretend like you're some necromancer doing uh, like a seance at the party and you actually just 
Cassius, that's a terrible idea. Forget I said anything. <laughs> you pull out your Ouija board. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to let's let's head to the manor and let's discuss things further on our on our way. You guys start to uh, le- you leave uh, the crossed candles in and start heading towards um, Eberly Manor. Let me explain a little bit about Eberly Manor. Really quick, is Nari coming too? And how disguised are you, Nari? Um. Well, actually, that's a good question. I'm I'm happy to stay back. Yeah, I mean, it might be dangerous for me to go. Like, it, it's kind of hard for me to be disguised, to be honest. Um, so maybe you guys should go without me. It is raining, um, and so having a cloak up and covering your head and face would not be unheard of um, today. So that's okay, uh, something yeah. to think about. Could we buy a fake beard since it's like Halloween season? <laughs> I'm not sure that would really help. Like, I feel like the biggest thing about me is the fact that I'm seven foot tall. Well, you have seen other seven foot tall people here in town. You're just not super common. Um, you know, there are other people who come down from the mountains. There's people who have left the mountains and never went back. Um, so it, it, you do see other seven foot tall people. There, there's a quite a diverse group of people here. Um, you see people with horns like, uh, like Brinby. You see, um, you know, uh, people with cat ears and fox ears. Um, you see, um, like, kind of like frog-looking people. Um, you've even seen a couple of, uh, like, uh, they, they kind of look like frogs, but they have more like a salamander look to them. Um, and they have, like, bright red skin and, like, a frill down the top of their head, you know? And you would know that that's, like, this world's fire genasi, basically. All right. Um, so, yeah, you see all, all a whole diverse group of people. So you being seven feet tall is not going to be... Um, that crazy. Okay. Okay. Then, yeah, I guess I can I can toss on a cloak, and I will definitely come with you guys. Cool. As you guys walk down towards Everly Manor, it's a building you've walked past before, um, because it's so close to the park. Um, and again, just to just to recap what goes on here, usually this place, um, this is a place where like um, visiting dignitaries and important people will stay. Um, the really, really important people will stay in Mason's Keep, which is just a little bit further to the west. Um, Eberly uh, Manor is where, you know, rich folks might stay or um, imperial, like, um, officers, that kind of thing. And then um, people who are maybe a little bit lower down the totem pole, they will stay at the nearby Imperial Heroes Inn, which is just right there by the Grand Market. Um, so... Um, this is kind of, uh, it's a very nice, um, palatial building. So as opposed to Mason's Keep, Mason's Keep is very much more of a stronghold, stone, parapets, that kind of thing. Uh, Eberly Manor is, um, you know, beautiful whitewashed, um, you know, uh, walls with, uh, large windows. This building is not built for defense. And as you're kind of walking around, you can see that the, the park comes, uh, part of it just comes right up right to the western side, or sorry, to the eastern side of the manor. Um, and as you're looking at the manor, you can see that there's basically five sections of uh, roof line. Um, and you know from looking at the, the manor um, and from talking to people, there's like an inner courtyard that after you go through the gate. And then there's a museum that displays some, um, some artifacts of... Uh, of the past from this area, but it's all been very well curated to keep out anything directly related to like the Royal line of Everlyn or even the country of Everlyn. And so you might see like a sword or a suit of armor from somebody from the past, but like the displays are, are very quick to leave out any mention of fighting for a King. So-and-so that kind of thing, you know, that there is, um, uh, there's a place that the like a, an actual part of the structure is just full of very elaborate suites where dignitar- dignitaries will stay. And then there is um, there is a ballroom in there somewhere. But for really, it looks kind of like a square with a courtyard in the middle of it. Um, the eastern side of the building is being a little bit bigger than the western side. But um, that's kind of what you see. I want everyone to make perception checks as you guys are, or investigation checks as you guys are uh, checking out the building. Joff got a 21. I rolled a 14 investigation. 
Sorry, I rolled an eight investigation. <laughs> Abby got a 15. Um, yeah, so as you guys are, are looking um, at this building, um, you see people kind of coming and going at the at the the gate to get into like the prop the um, manor proper is on the south side of the manor. Um, and it's manned by uh, guards. And the guards here are not imperial soldiers. The soldiers here look like they're hired. Um, mercenaries is the wrong word, but they're private soldiers. Um, and they are um, they're checking everybody who comes in and goes out. Um, not necessarily for like documentation, but um, they're just kind of they're talking to everybody who wants to get into the pa- into the manor or not. Um, and um, Joff, as you are um, standing there, kind of like checking out the entrance to this manor, you see uh, somebody uh, come out of the manor. He kind of walks past the guards. They nod at him and he nods back. Um, he looks like he's dressed nicely. He's got like a, a cloak on, but the cloak has some nice trim on it, a little bit of fur lined. Um, and um, as he comes out of the gate, you see him put a hood up over his head to protect himself from the rain. But with your investigation of 21, um, you see that he has uh, caracal ears like Mr. Pine. And he also has a similar, just a similar look to Pine. Um, You see him coming out of the manor and then he starts to head west, um, which would be back in the direction of both the Imperial Splendor or the Imperial Heroes Inn as well as Mason's Keep. Okay, Joff will point discreetly at the man leaving and say, do you have any fellow countrymen here? Well, possibly. I'll take a look. Um, as he points, Pine, you quickly look over before the, the man turns a corner and you see a face that you recognize. You see the face of Temrid Jr., your older son. Well, that's, that's my son. I didn't know you had a son. I have two sons. <laughs> You had a daughter. I have two sons, and this is the older of the two. And what what is his name? He's he's named after me, Temrid Jr. Temrid Jr. What would he be doing here? Maybe I should go find out, huh? If we run, you and I can catch him. He's not he's not walking quickly. He's just kind of strolling. I think I should follow him. I'll I'll play it by ear. Okay. He um he left he left home and went off to study the law. I'll follow him. You follow him. Let's meet back up at our at the at the crossed candles later today. If anybody wants to come with me, you're well and welcome. I haven't seen him in years and I I I must admit I'm nervous. Don't don't let your emotions get the better of you. I mean do, do you know where his loyalties lie? And I don't mean that in an offensive way, Pine. I just, you know. He wouldn't be the first of my children. To, well, I'll, I'll, I'll find you later. And Pine will leave. Okay. Best of luck. All right, Pine, we're going to follow you for a little bit. Uh, are you going to try to catch him? Or are you just going to see where he goes? I'm going to follow him at about... 20 feet. Okay. All right. He's, uh, he's not moving quickly. It seems like the rain doesn't bother him very much. Um, he just kind of, as he's walking, um, he does, um, start to wander, uh, kind of through, um, the grand market and he kind of stops every once in a while. He'll look at, um, look at some things on a, on a, a table. Um, at one point you see he, he, uh, he sees like some, um, a book, like a, someone selling some books and he starts looking through some books and then he, he, he reaches in, pulls out some money and hands it off. And then he leaves with a book and, uh, but he continues heading, uh, to the West before he, before he does that, when he's purchasing the book, I'm going to come up to the stand next to him. Okay. And I will just stand next to him and I'll say, so what are you reading nowadays? Uh, he doesn't look up at you right away and he says, oh, this is a, a, a fascinating uh, uh, tale of, and then he kind of looks up and sees you and he goes, of, uh, of, uh, 
um, of a, a father and a son being reunited in a very um, awkward way. Um, uh, and he turns back to the book and he says, thank you. Thank you for the book. And then he turns back to you, Pine, and he says, uh, excuse me, um, would you, do you, would you care to walk with me for, for a little bit? It would be my, my pleasure. Uh, uh, thank you. I, I don't know these streets very well, so um, it's nice to have someone with me who can show me around. <sighs> and he starts walking back through the streets, through the Grand Market. Do I get the impression he's trying not to let anybody know that he's related to me or that maybe there's just a weird distance? Like, is it a weird, awkward thing? What do you think? I don't know. Well, there you go. I think maybe an insight check. Well, okay, you can do an insight check if you want to. That's fine. That's a 10. So not, not very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. Um, okay. You get the impression he definitely recognized you and um, there was no hug. Yeah. You get the impression um, he was heading west and now as you're walking with him, he starts heading north instead. And he leaves the Grand Market um, to the north. Um, and he kind of starts wandering through um, streets and looking for like a cafe or something. Okay. Um, just little small talk with you um, mm-hmm. for a little bit. And uh, then he finds a small cafe, um, just a few tables inside. And, uh, and he says, uh, would you care to join me for a meal? Oh, I would, I would love to. It's about that time of morning for mimosas. <laughs> Yeah, I think I could go for for some alcohol. Um, and then he goes into this cafe, um, and he, uh, you guys go and you sit in the in a table, a table uh, kind of off in the in the corner, just the two of you. And as soon as you sit down and you order some food and maybe a drink, uh, as soon as the server leaves, he leans forward and he says, "What are you doing here?" Well, I could ask the same thing of you. You see. A tear leave his eye. And he says, I think I'm here to get you. Wait. You're here to... You're here to get me. Not here. Dad. Does he call you dad? What does he call you? He would have called, he would have called me Papa. He says, okay. He says, Papa, I'm supposed to go arrest you in Tabory. What's the crime? Insurrection? Murdering of an adjudicator. Please, Papa, tell me it's not really you. It's very good to see you, my son. Papa, what have you gotten involved in? I think... I think the less you know, the better. He says... Papa, when when an adjudicator is murdered, another adjudicator comes to to make that right. And another adjudicator is here, Papa, for you. Are you are you traveling with this adjudicator? Yes. I am. I work for him. I I studied the law and and, and adjudicators are law. Their words are law. I was... Papa, you'd be proud of me. I was good at what I did, and I got recruited. But now I'm here, and I'm here with him. I'm here with adjudicator Ulrich, and... He's after you, Papa. An old man. With long ears. Caracal ears. Using a cane. Wielding a sword like he was born to it. In Tabory of all places. Papa, that's you. It does sound like me, doesn't it? I'm screaming. My husband came in to check on me because I'm telling him to shut the up. But oh my God, you guys. My feelings. Uh, Temrid, I am proud of you. You followed your passion. Sounds like you've made a good career for yourself and and for your family. Is it just you and my grandfather? 
not by me, not by me, but Leon, yeah, you're, you're a grandfather, but not by me. Leon has some kids, though. Good for him. Good for him. My children were the greatest joy in my life. Are we still, Papa? You're still my children. You're still my joy. That, uh, that person you're looking for in Tabery, it does sound a little like me, you're right, but I don't know. You'd probably need to head there to investigate just to make sure. Papa, I can assure you that we will go there. That is where the investigation is going. I hate to put you in an uncomfortable position to make you choose between family and duty. Know that I have never stopped doing what I felt was best for us all. Everything that I've done since your mother died, I do with a clear conscience. He drops his head and he says, I I wish I could say the same. And he looks you back in the eye and he says, but sometimes we do what we have to do. So tell me, Tembert, how long have you been in town? How long are you staying? Will you be here for the festivities tomorrow night? Yes, yes. Adjudicator uh, Ulrich is uh, is a uh, uh, valued guest here in the city, and uh, he's been invited, and as have I and the other members of our of our team. But Papa, I I think I lost my way. Hearing you talk now talking about a clear conscience. That's how you raised us. That's how you taught us. And I can't say that I have a clear conscience. I can't say that I've made the right decisions. I can't say that I'm doing what's right right now. What does your heart tell you? My heart tells me that I should have listened to you more growing up. I was quick to turn my back on men arrest. And you were not, and, uh, and mom was not either. And for a long time, I just thought you old and stuck in your ways. And knowing now the ins and outs of how the empire treats its citizens and, and its motivations and its moves, I, I feel that I feel that somewhere along the line, I lost my way. It is never too late to do the right thing. I don't blame you, Tenred, for not hearing me. I was very rarely even home. I must have been a stranger to you. No, not a stranger. A hero. You were a hero to me. And you were a hero to Sonya, too. No matter where she's at now, you were her hero. She modeled her life after you. You can't forget that. Her life just went a different way. I suppose you're right there, too. I suppose you're right. Papa, I... I am in too deep now to change, but... I feel that your cause must be just. It must be right. I would... And he kind of leans into you because I would help you in your cause in any way that I could. What can I do to help you, Papa? Well, crap, guys. It's one thing to put myself at risk, which I gladly do for what I feel is the greater good. I want nothing more than for you to be happy, safe, to live in a world where where we can all feel joy, security, and freedom. I... Is that what you're doing? Is that what you're working towards? Because if it is, I want to play my part. But to play your part now would put you in immense danger. Papa, we live in immense danger every day. I walk a tightrope 
every day. There are people out there in my occupation who would love nothing more than to see me cut down, brought low, and to take my place. It is so cutthroat. And when you work for the Tower of Judgment, when you are brought down low, there is nowhere else to go except for in the ground. It's barbaric. But here I am. I would help. Even if the only help I can give you is to just point Ulrich in the wrong, in the wrong direction. That would be greatly appreciated. There is one other thing that you could do. The reason we're in, in our groovy now. Are you familiar with Elia Brava? She's staying there at Eberly Manor, I believe. Okay. She's the sneaky bitch. I, I may have seen her in passing. <laughs> She's very snaky and very bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> You can't miss her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for a means of getting into the festivities at Eberly Manor tomorrow. For me and a few of my associates. It has nothing to do with the adjudicator. We didn't even know that he was here. He or she, or they. It's a he. He. We didn't even know that he was here. It does throw a wrench into what we've been thinking, but... You need to get in. We need to get in. I I may be able to help that make that happen. He uh he pulls out like in his pocket. He's got like a uh, besides the book he just bought, he's got like a ledger and he pulls it out and it's like um um it's just like a, a le- you know a, a fantasy equivalent of a legal pad, right? It's just mm-hmm. uh it's just full of papers and like a, a expensive looking parchment and he um so he gets out some ink and a quill and he starts writing a note. And, um, and basically the note says, the bearer of this letter is invaluable to the empire and would be an honored guest at Eberly Manor for Gadiver's March. Signed, Temrid Pine Jr. Would this allow me to get in with, with um, an entourage or just a single person? You should be able to get in with a servant. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is emotionally exhausting. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. It's really good. Um, Temrid, um, I thank you for this. And um, I think at best we don't recognize each other tomorrow. But I am so happy to see you. And if I could, I would like to hug my son. He, he nods. You can see that there's like definite tears on his cheeks and he stands up and waits for you to stand. I stand. And he gives you a big hug and he puts his head on your shoulder just like he did when he was young, just a young boy. And I say, I'm so proud of you. And I know that your mother is proud of you as well. And you hear a little sob, just a little one. And what I used to say to him as a kid, I'll just say, good boy. You're such a good boy. Um, he pulls away from you and he says, ah, okay, um, just one, one thing. The adjudicator, he has your description. Um, so I would cover your ears and... Um, don't show them off at all tomorrow uh, tomorrow night he might he might see you for what you are if you do that is that is that is good advice i will um, make sure to be in disguise you may not even recognize me all right he he reaches out squeezes your hand he says i love you papa i love you too my boy then he says something in Menory, something like "mi amor," or I don't know what you say in French. No, that's in Spanish. What do you say? <laughs> what do you say in French? Je t'aime. Je t'aime, papa. Je t'aime aussi, mon petit. He nods, and then he walks out of the cafe. And I will sit there and gather my thoughts for the next half hour. Okay. I cried a little bit. That I was know. really nice. <laughs> yeah. 
Now he's literally good. just walking through the streets crying. Like, why am I crying? What's going on? Oh. I'm an empath. <laughs> oh, that looks so good. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, is there anything else anybody wants to do, or should we regather and kind of figure out? what all we've got I'd like to try and get entry on our own as well more than just um, at least that was what our goal was going there in the first place okay okay so um, Joff you're going to try to go up and and finagle your way into the party well I just want to inquire about you know getting getting invitation what it would take perfect all right yeah why don't you uh, go ahead and uh, uh, go on up to the to the gate at Eberly Manor, there are two guards standing out front. They look well-equipped. Um, n- not necessarily like they are elite warriors, but they're not wearing just run-of-the-mill, like, um, uh, uh, standard bulk, you know, bulk-produced uh, chainmail or anything like that. They those that they have, like, their own weapons um, that they take care of. Um, one has a sword, one has, like, a halberd, and as you approach... Um, they, one of them, the one with the sword, steps out towards you and he says, uh, "Yes, may I help you?" Hi, I am. I'm here that there's a party here tomorrow night, and I'm very interested in attending. Oh well, of course. You just need an invitation, and then you can come. How how does one go about acquiring such an invitation? I'm I'm not from Ar- Arkleby. Uh, well, you would have to know someone in power here in the city who would give you an invite. Hmm. Any recommendations for someone newly coming to town? I, I I would not begin to know the way to make connections in this city. If I did, I would not be guarding Everly Manor. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about a a way to if if one would pay their way in? Uh, but you there, well, there is between you and me. There are certain allowances that are made for. Uh, the rich to get in, the rich and the powerful here in the city. Um, if you'll excuse me, um, let me inquire. There might be someone better to talk to than me. Perfect. I appreciate that. You get the impression he is not a local. In fact, he's probably not um, from the Arkovi province at all. He may not even be from the empire. Um, but he he kind of bows to you and then he steps back says a couple words to the man with the halberd, and then he goes into the the manor. Um, after, oh, four or five minutes, um, uh, he comes back, and following behind him is a woman in a, a black dress. Uh, it is well-made. It has like a high white lace collar around the neck. Um, she's got a little, like a little half cape on her back, and then she has like... Um, for better or for worse, a, a very large witch's hat, basically looking um, hat as she comes um, walking out. Um, why don't you make a quick insight check? Well, I rolled a three. Oh, no, no. Uh, I rolled a rolled a four, but it's a, an 11. All right. Um, she comes out. She You can't read her face. Um, you can't read whether she's amused or whether she's absent-minded, but she kind of has kind of a small, uh, light smirk on her face as she approaches you. And she says, so I understand you're looking to buy your way into this party, potentially. <laughs> yes, I I didn't make it clear to, to your man here, but I'm, I'm traveling from out of town. I'm interested in having... An, a night out with some people of the upper crust, if you will. And I don't know anyone yet to get an invitation myself. Hmm. Uh, where are you from? Well, I recently have come from Barrister. Okay. Um, why don't you make a deception check? <laughs> hey that's a 19. So uh, 24 or 25, pardon me. That's nice. Very, Very good nice. roll. She's like, hmm, Barrister, I, I have a friend from Barrister. I've never been there myself, but um, so what brings you to Arkelvy? Well, I'm, I'm interested in, in finding potential investment opportunities. Investment opportunities. Well, um, I might know some people you might want to talk to. Um, I guess the question I have for you is, why should I allow you into the manor tomorrow night. 
as I said, I I'm happy to pay for a ticket if that's what it needs if that's what I need to do. But I again, I I want to rub shoulders with the upper crust here in town and and get to know people and see if this is a good place for me to actually invest the money that I have. Why don't you go to make a persuasion check? Oh, come on. Uh, 13 on persuasion. Let me make a counter roll for her. Okay. So I rolled a six, which brings it to, um, actually it brings it to 12. Um, <laughs> she kind of nods. She says, you intrigue me, Barastian. I think I will let you in. Yes, yes, I will let you in. Um, and then she pulls out like some um, some paper. She actually she pulls out a book, and um, she pull like goes to the back page. And um, why don't you make a quick perception check? I got an eleven on perception. Okay, she she flips through some of the pages. There's writing on a lot of the pages, but she flips like the last page in the book, and then she writes. And who who are you? What is your name? Uh, Simon, and. So, oh, I almost said Bayard, but I shouldn't write that. <laughs> um, uh, you may write Simon, Simon of, of House Tegish. Simon of House Tegish. Okay. Um, and she writes out this note and she says, I, I look forward to speaking more with you um, at the party tomorrow night. And, and what was your name, ma'am? Oh, gosh. Yeah, of course, you're going to ask me that. <laughs> um, give me a second. No, I've got it. She's got a name. She totally has a name. Um, my name is Sonara. A pleasure, Sonara. I shall look for you at the party tomorrow. Yes. I look forward to it. She rips the page out of the book and she hands it to you. And it just says, it says basically, please admit Simon of House Tigish, um, the Barastian, to the festivities. Perfect. Eberly Manor, 30th or 31st of Ormanbar. I will bow and take my leave. Okay. Um, you can make one last insight check as you leave. I got a 13 on insight. I, I am rolling so bad right now. You, you, as you kind of, you bow and you look at her, you see that she still has the smirk on her face. And the, about the only thing you can tell is that, um, absent-minded is not a word you would use to describe her. Appraising is a much better word. Okay. Okay. All right. You guys ready to reconvene? Yeah, let's reconvene. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah, you guys all kind of reconvene. Where are you guys going to meet up at? Cross Candles. Yeah. Yeah, I think the end. Okay. Awesome. Cross Candles Inn. You all um, wander in there. Um, we'll say uh, Joff, uh, Nari, and Ebby, you guys wander in there together, and then Pine wanders in a few minutes later. Um, and how does Pine look at this point? Pine looks um, lost in thought, a little wistful, but uh, happy, bittersweet happy. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, there you go. You guys are all down there. It's, you know, lunchtime-ish. Uh, Pine, you already ate at the cafe, though. Yep. I assume you did. Yeah, but I do need more drinks. <laughs> uh, Pine will come in and he'll say, I've secured... Um, Entry for myself and a servant. I believe I've done the same. Well, that's a good thing, right? That means that we have at least a guaranteed in for all of us. Yeah. We need to make sure that we can do this as discreetly as possible. There will be lots of people, and if we start a fight out in the open, it could get very dangerous very quickly. It might be better to take Thilo um, than someone like me who's kind of obvious. Well, add to that the fact that there's an adjudicator there. Excuse me? Yes. There's an adjudicator here. In fact, this adjudicator is setting out for Tabery after the festivities to investigate the murder of the uh, adjudicator Rolf. So real quick heads up to everybody listening. It's been a while since we've dealt with an adjudicator. Uh, I just want to give a quick recap um adjudicators what we know about them so far there are six of them for the entire empire basically they are outside of the command structure of the military and other imperial organizations 
and what they say, they speak for the emperor and their word becomes law. Rolf, who they met in Tabori and subsequently killed, was the youngest and newest member of, they call it the Tower of Judgment, um, and that is the adjudicator's group. And now it sounds like Ulrich is here to investigate the death of adjudicator Rolf. That was my son. He works for the adjudicator. But I think he may be. No, I know. He's on our side. He was able to get me entry, and he did let me know that if we do try something, there is an adjudicator there. Even more cause for us to avoid conflict at all costs. Exactly. Mm. Be Kuramach. We have to be very careful with this. I just don't feel very good about this whole situation. Hear me out. What if we all get into the party, find unoccupied rooms, hide out for a couple of days, and then come after Leah Bravo once the party's over? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that movie with Denzel Washington where they, the bank robber walls himself into the vault? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's the one. I'm trying to remember what movie that was. I, I can't I, remember the name of it either. I, I've never heard of that movie, but... I think our best bet would be to discreetly get in, get Aaliyah Brava's attention, and have our friend do his water magic thing. It looked so weird, but teleport her out. The thing is, how do we teleport her out and subdue her? We know that she has some powerful magic, mind control abilities. We could use Nari as bait. I mean, honestly, if you if you need it, you guys could even pretend like you actually have me. I mean, I'm willing to obviously be tied up and uh, subdued, in quotes. We know that from your experience <laughs> with Ember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, perhaps that could be the bargaining chip. Um, we could say that we ran into a certain individual who was eager to leave the city and we took it upon ourselves as concerned citizens of the empire to apprehend this individual, a rather large uh, woman of the mountain tribes. We heard that she might be a person of interest to Aaliyah. I guess it, de it, it depends on the persona that we're, that we are putting forth. Uh, Joff, what did you say your, your profession was what why are you here because as far as as far as my writ that would let me into the party um it just says that i can come in uh so i'm not i'm not posing as a bounty hunter or any kind of warrior i imagine i'll just be posing as an old man with a servant all i said was that i was interested in investing money here in arklevee and wanted to make contacts with some of the elite here in town so you could, because you've been making contacts with elite, the elite, maybe you could have said, you could say that in your communications, you've heard about what happened and that Aliyah Brava might be interested in this person. Yeah, we could, okay. we could work something out like that. Yeah, okay. You heard that she was interested in the most beautiful babe in all the land. This is true. <laughs> and the tallest babe in all the land. Yes. <laughs> so we can also, um, I also think it's it, it best... Uh, Joff, if, if we're going in as the faces and that we also stay separate, keep an eye on each other, but we don't know each other. That, that sounds like a good idea. I, <laughs> when I was up there, I, I panicked on what name to think of and I, I blurted out Simon as my name, oh. <laughs> but I, I don't think it will come to bite me or anything like that. Well, at least it's not Douglas. Could you imagine having the name Douglas? <laughs> I apologize for all of our listeners named Douglas. I actually really like the name. It was just a joke. Uh, I'm not sorry. Uh, Screw awesome. that name. <laughs> Terrible name. <laughs> all right. So if I've got this straight, it looks like we've got Pine going in with one servant. We've got uh, Joff going in with another servant. And those two servants are going to be respectively Ebby and Thilo. And then we've got Nari waiting outside. Is that kind of what I'm gathering? I think that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Should Ebby go 
with Joff. Not that it's like a pl- it's not like I want to be with you. It's not that <laughs> I need to spend time with you. But if you're the one that's going to be speaking with Aaliyah and we try to do my whole use of charm on her to try to subdue her, does that make sense? Or should we have Thylo come so he can disappear with her? Who would have the best access to the food to create the diversion with the poison? It seems like an old man at the buffet would literally be <laughs> the best diversion for poisoning the food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take it upon myself. I'm not the. I'm pretty dexterous, but uh, I can't say I've ever hidden poison on myself. And I, I could sneak it in with me and discreetly pass it to you while we're at the party. But I. I made mention the other day that I have an imaginary friend of sorts. I kind of blurt that out <laughs> that um, might be able to relay messages. So when I have Aaliyah, when, when Ebby and I have Aaliyah subdued, I'll have him send a message to you to come and, and teleport her out. Okay. And remember, don't eat any of the food. <laughs> we should decide what you're going to poison because like if it's a drink or or what sort of foods, because as we're talking with people, they may offer us things. I think the main dish. I think preferably the main dish. That way there will be time for any one of the appetizers or the hors d'oeuvres or any of the drinks they've had to that point to make them ill. Okay. I think it would look very strange if they got sick after the very first thing. That's a good idea. Um, Just as a contingency, Joff, if for some reason this spell does not work, she will know instantly that I attempted to try to subdue her using magical means, in which case we will have to overcome her by force. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. If we could get her in to the east side of, of the manor, Nari could even be waiting out there. If we need her, she could come in a window or something. Because that's the part that that's the side that uh, is up against the park. Yeah, I think between me and Thylos, um, hopefully even if she can't be completely subdued or taken su- by surprise, we should be able to at least get her extracted from the manor. So I think that we should position whatever carriage we have in or right near the gates of the park. And I think that we should have um, Nari and Sir Bordemus stationed in the park near the wall so that we can hopefully get them to us if we need extra support. Yes. Very cool. I think we got a plan. Sweet. Rock and roll. Let's do a caper. The only thing Joff would do the next morning was would be to get the other maps that head all the way to the other manor. Okay. Joff, as you go back to the library to look for more maps of the, um, of the uh, areas under the city, you you find the maps that get close to Mason's Keep, and then um, you get to the map that's the furthest west you can find. And at the edge of that map, written um, in what you assume is the rat catcher's hand, it does say um, this area patrolled by the um, what would it be the royal rat catchers of. Um, of Everlyn or something to that effect. And so you, you see, you find maps that get you close, but not actually under the castle. Okay. No more mention of children. Uh, uh, as you're looking through, you do find that one um, section that Pine had read as well that said, you can't rescue the children. Um, yeah. Just, it's just written randomly in a, a space on one of the maps. Was there any other indication of like what that meant? Um, you, as you're reading through and looking at these maps, you you realize that these maps were written for this guy. He was not he wasn't drawing these maps for other people. They've just been compiled now. Um, but he was writing maps for himself. So all the little mm. notes and things in the margins are, are just notes to himself. Like at one point, there's one note that says, "Watch out! Uh, there was an alligator here," or something to that effect. There's something with big teeth was down this way, or something like that. Huh. Um, and then at one point, there's a section that says, you know. Um, Spirits are often restless here, um, so uh, tread lightly and bring holy water or something to that effect. Okay. 
Um, all right. On that note, you have some maps. You guys go back to the beaded bodice and that uh, Taylor has your costumes already. They fit perfectly after a final fitting. Um, and uh, the guy keeps checking everyone's inseam over and over again for some reason. I don't know why, but um, after you guys manage to get all your costumes ready, your plan is set. Uh, you go over everything over and over and over again. And it is now time for the party at Eberly Manor. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. All right, guys, looks like next time there will be a caper. I am super excited for this. Woo! You guys did really well today. Uh, there was some nice touching moments with a father and son reunited and some uh, good role play and some. If you didn't cry in this episode, you're a monster. <laughs> a monster. <laughs> Anyway, all right, guys, go leave us a review. Um, you know what? We've actually, real quick before I forget, we've gotten some fan art from some people and it is fantastic. So if there's any fan art that you've done, send it our way. We love to see it. We put it out on the wiki under each of the characters so that your art can become canon for characters. One of our patrons, Gina, sent us an awesome picture of Gob from episode three, if you guys remember that far back. And then also we got some, uh, a lot of fan art from um, Metzinsoft, M-E-T-Z-I-N-S-O-F-T. We got some great pictures of Joff. We got pictures of Ebby. We got pictures of Pine, Nari, and we even got pictures of Gigi. Anyway, if you have some art you want to send our way, then send it our way. Other than that, have a great time. <laughs>